The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The dead of time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. (sighs) Anyway. So, I'm going to apologize in advance. My sweet, sweet husband decided to turn off Shit's Creek, which we were watching, which means we won't hear TV noise in the background. However, he is also now playing some first-person shooter game, so if we hear him screaming in the background, that's what's happening. Uh, because it's quarantine, and quarantines are fun, kids. Um, anyway. Cat. What ha- happened was... Yeah, what had happened was, is Claire's going to tell you what had happened was, because (laughs) I don't freaking remember what had happened was, and I was up until almost one in the morning talking about fishies last night, so I don't know what happened was. All I remember is something happened where you're going to get hit by a girl, and then whoever it was got hit by a girl. That's all I know. So, for those of you who read the original Harry Potter series, we know that in year three at Hogwarts, you get your elective periods, and your options are arithmancy, ancient runes, care of magical creatures, and divination. As we remember, Harry Potter and his and Ron took divination and care of magical creatures. Hermione took all four, got burnt out on a time turner. Maya has decided that she's going to live the whole live your life, love your life thing, or enjoy your life. Sorry, my bad. Got Sorry, I got live your life, enjoy your life, mixed it up with the live, laugh, love thing, which... Yeah. Anyway, so she's trying to enjoy her life. So she's like, I already know all this shit anyway. I'm going to take it chill. So she was going to do arithmetic and ancient runes. But then the boys talked her into taking care of magical creatures. She talked them out of taking uh, divination. I don't know what they're taking instead. But anyway, so Peter's alone in that class. But uh, Maya was joking that she doesn't need to take divination because she's practically a seer. And Sirius is like, oh, really? Make a prediction. She goes, I predict the end of the day, by the end of the day, a girl's going to slap you. And he's like, Psh, okay. And so they go to Care of Magical Creatures and they start going to the class and there was a guy with a really terrible accent that I really hope his character never talks again because I don't think I'm going to be able to imitate it again. It was great. And by great, I mean horrific. And yet, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I highly recommend it. My throat hurt for like three days afterwards. Anyway, um, so they go through this class where the guy has like a stumpy arm and a stumpy leg and he just like Professor Hop along. And also, can you tell I was watching Shit's Creek? Because I'm kind of feeling a little Alexis right now. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. So, while they're in care of magical creatures, Sirius starts asking the professor a bunch of questions about what he should do if he has a pet werewolf and what if he's, what if his pet werewolf is getting fat. And Maya's like, holy fucking shit, did we take this class just so Sirius could make a whole bunch of werewolf jokes? And Remus was like, you bet your sweet ass we did. And then at the end of the class... As a result of Sirius making all of the werewolf jokes, Maya slapped him and was like, boom, told you, seer. Good job. Thanks. 
Next time I'll do better. It's okay. We literally say in the pre-recorded introduction that you struggle to remember from week to week. And it has been a solid week since we recorded because, well, work from home went from super dead to super busy. So, uh, my time has been limited. Yes, and my mind has gone from open to clutter. So, I don't even know what my name is at this point. (laughs) The Japanese Art of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. On this week's episode... Catherine's brain. You know, somebody said, I wonder what she's doing right now. <laughs> Marie Kondo? Oh my god. Oh my god, she has nothing to clean. She, I, I bet she's even more minimalistic now. I know. She was like, but do I love that bamboo plant? No. No, I don't. It must go. It stopped bringing me joy. Also, I'm killing my bamboo plant because I gave it water from the tap, and apparently our water has too much fluoride in it. So now I have to give my lucky bamboo the purified water from the Brita. And now this bitch is starting to get real high maintenance. So, Well, that's how we bitches are. We high maintenance. All the hydration, man. All of it. Anyway. Oh, also, by the time this airs, it will be what day? It will be. Oh, perfect. May 1st. Happy Beltane, everyone. Burn the shit out of some shit. Dance around a maypole. Get naked under the moon. I'm kidding. Don't do that part. You might get arrested. Unless you have a privacy fence. In that case, do what you want. Woohoo! Um, also, it is almost Cinco de Mayo. Enjoy taquitos on your couchitos. That's couch, for those of you who don't speak Spanish. Uh, <laughs> and... What? This was supposed to be a good year. Cinco de Mayo was on Taco Tuesday. But the good news is we do have places that do delivery margaritas. So you enjoy that. Drink responsibly. No, it's just I saw something last night where it was like, Cinco de Mayo finally falls on Taco Tuesday and it's being ruined by a Mexican beer virus. (laughs) I'm just like, (laughs) you don't get it from the beer, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. I do love hate the fact that the Corona stock dropped with this because like part of me is like, that's fucking hilarious. The other part of me is going, oh my God, there are people who actually believe this is caused by the beer. Cool. Uh (laughs) Which is sad and unfortunate. Also feeling real 1990s back here because gas today was under a buck 50. In fact, I struggle to find gas over a dollar 50 anywhere. Now, that being said, I do live in the backwoods of Tennessee and not really the backwoods, but like I came here from DC. So in my mind, backwards, but, um, yeah, no gas is hella cheap. So it's nice now that I don't have to drive (laughs) karma. God has a sense of humor, people. Anyway, so. Yeah, like your mom says, God's a funny guy. Yeah. That Mm. needs to go in a mug and a t-shirt and like all the things. Like, I think that's good. Bruh. She says that all the time. And every time I'm thinking, no, God's a. But God's a funny guy is a good way of putting it. Well, Clary, we're going to have a talk. Uh, is this going to be a come to Jesus moment where you break out the Kanye gospel album? Because I'm ready. Hey, don't be hating on my <laughs> Kanye gospel album. I actually like his Sunday it, it service good, album good. a little bit better than his album. But don't be hating on my gospel music. It calms me down. 
no hate. Whatever gets you through the day, friend. But, um... Dead of time! <laughs> yes, dead of time. <sighs> yes. What I was going to say had nothing to do with anything to do with this podcast. So, it's good. Good. We skip that. Anyway, dead of time. Ch- okay. What? Chapter 30. You realize that means we've been doing this for more than six months, right? Yes. Because that means 30 weeks plus the two-week vacation time we took, plus we've also taken additional weeks, but like we also sometimes release two episodes in a week, so like I can't calculate how long we've been on the air. But 30 chapters, 30 episodes. Jesus Christ, why do you guys still listen to us? It's been a long time. Anyway. Anyway, dead of time. Because Chapter they 30. love us, especially that one listener that tweeted us. That was like, who told you guys not to talk about your personal lives? I love you. And I'm just like, yay. Miriam, we love you. That literally made my whole day. She was like, who told my babies not to talk about their personal life? I love them and their personal lives. And I was like, yes. I'm pretty sure that's not what you sound like at all, Miriam. But that is the voice I'm giving you. You're welcome. Oh my god. She thinks she's Robin Williams. This is the voice I'm giving you. I don't care. I do a great impression of a hot dog. <laughs> it cracks me up because you do it every day. That needs to be a bar trick. Where we hang out and we're just sitting at a bar and I say, I do a great impression of a hot dog and you just do that and like fall off of a bar stool. It'd be great. Oh yeah, so then like I smack thing. my head on the floor and then I die from a bleed in my brain good job no, Claire. no no we we have buff guys burly guys who can catch you we good we good anyway dead of time <laughs> hey we're doing good we're less than 10 minutes in so far september 3rd 1973 hey you did oh. say i'm not afraid i'm not afraid also, uh, there's an author's note, and it says, This chapter proves just how much I adore parallels in the stories. Dun, dun, dun. I also miss the Weasleys a little, and this was the next best thing. By the way, each DADA, Defense Against the Dark Arts Professor, throughout this series is an actual character from the Harry Potter books that would have been alive during this decade. So, again, quadruple points to our Queen Shia for always doing the research and being 100% that bitch. We love you. Chapter 30, I Am Not Afraid, September 3rd, 1973. So, no time jump, just literally the next day. After lunch, the Gryffindors and Slytherins made their way to the first defense against the dark arts class. Maya was practically bouncing on the balls of her feet as she walked into the room and took her usual seat besides Remus, with James on the other side and Sirius and Peter sitting behind them. Lily sat with the Gryffindors as usual, though as close to the Slytherins as was permitted, with Snape doing the same on the opposite side. Lily was flanked by Mary and Alice, who was offering a comforting glance to Frank, who looked nervous, as this was his worst sub- subject. 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 There we go. Getting it out now, kids. As Remus took his seat, he elbowed her. What has you in such a good mood? He avoided talking to her directly throughout lunch. She assumed that he was worried she would bring up the subject of werewolves again, and they'd argue. Oh, that was the other thing. Uh, Maya beat down Remus and was like, you, because all the animals were afraid of him because, duh, werewolf predator. And she was like, there's nothing wrong with being what you are. And he's like, I'm a monster. And she was like, well, you're just like a hippogriff. He's like, I'm not like a hippogriff. So she listed listed off a bunch of 
factoids about hippogriffs and their attitude and then compared it to him and then she was like do you think a hippogriff's a monster for being a hippogriff and he was like no and she goes great you're not a monster for being a werewolf it's just what you are she assumed remus was worried she would bring up the subject of werewolves again and they'd argue she knew there was nothing she could say to change his mind about his own condition but she was too stubborn to back down she had eaten in near silence, only casually talking about classes from time to time, though never with him. It was not until Sirius asked what the next class was that Maya cheered up dramatically. She was in her third year, on her way to defense class, with Remus. Why is that a good thing? Or an ironic thing? I don't know. Who was her fucking third year defense against the dark arts teacher? Um... Wasn't it the guy that never actually... Bitch, this is not a trick question. It's not. Who is she going to class with? Remus. It... Who was her third year Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher? Remus. Ta-da! What are so you yes, doing? She thinks it's... I'm putting my water... Water jug. 80 ounces. Wow. How much pee do you have? All of it. All of it. All of it. All of me loves all of you. Loves your curves and all your pleasures. That's not the words, but I'm gonna sing it. Edges. Edges, not pleasures. There it is. There it is. John Legend would be very disappointed. Yeah, so would Chrissy Teigen. She'd actually probably punch me. But apparently she, like, traded romaine lettuce for banana bread, which was great. Yeah, I watched the Instagram story. It was freaking hilarious. They, like, took one of Luna's toy, like, car things that she drives around <laughs> and pushed up. it towards the guy and was like, okay, put the lettuce in the car and push it back. <laughs> They're an American treasure. I love them. Anyway. Yeah, pass. but she's making me hungry because she keeps posting food and her cooking and I'm just like, can I come to your house? I have her cookbook. It's dope. Anyway, dead of time. She was in her third year on her way to defense class with Remus. Finding amusement in the little things helped to make her ignore the tension that was hovering in the near future. A tall man with deep auburn hair stepped through the doors of the classroom, shutting them closed behind him before he made his way to the front in just a few strides as his legs were so long. He had a familiar twinkle in his eye, and when he aimed his wand at the board, a name appeared on it. Professor Ignatius Pruitt. Ooh, another new name. Or new voice. <clears throat> no, I can't do that voice. I just did that for Hopalong. <laughs> Professor Ignatius Pruitt. Huh. What does that sound like? Yeah, I know, right? I feel like it's going to be a deep baritone, but I already have a couple of deep voices, so, like, they all kind of sound the same. Well, I'm getting kind of, like, Hispanic vibes. Maybe it's because it's Ignatius. Well, he's a Pruitt, which means he's related to Molly Weasley. Eh. He spends time in magical Mexico. I don't know. Good afternoon. 
Now, there's not much room in here, so everyone stand up. Yes, I'm doing a British accent for the first time. Ah. Well, kind of. Oh, that's what that is? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Professor Pruitt instructed, and the students all stood from their seats. With a flourish of his wand, one by one, the desks in front of them transfigured into small wooden blocks. Someone, pile those in the corner. There will be no need for desks in this class. What you learn about defense against the dark arts is practical. You can only read so many books and write so many essays. Sirius and James looked beside themselves with joy. That's not to say you won't have to write a couple of essays, Professor Pruitt chuckled, and Maya stifled a laugh when she saw James and Sirius deflate instantly. Just not while you're in in the class. When you're here, with me, you'll be learning to wield your wands, focus your magic, and defend yourselves properly. This is so all, oh my god, all of our British listeners are like cringing because I'm like rounding some R's and rolling over others. God, I'm so sorry, guys. Anyway. Maya could not help but wonder what was happening out in the world right now. There had been reports in the Daily Prophet of muggle muggings. (laughs) Muggle muggings. Not funny, but the phrasing. And a few attacks on muggle-borns. And although the term Death Eater had not yet been used, it was obvious who was behind it all. She wondered whether Dumbledore had already formed the Order of the Phoenix yet. If so, she imagined that Professor Pruitt was a member. She knew that his nephews, Gideon and Fabian, were, or would be at some point in the near future. She imagined that this immediate lesson on defense was for a reason. Things were getting bad outside the walls of the castle, and they needed to be on guard. Can someone tell me what the greatest advantage one can have when dealing with the dark arts is? Professor Pruitt asked. Many hands went up in the air. Yes, Mr. Snape. Incompetence, Snape drawled, staring across the aisle to glare at the marauders. Professor Pruitt actually appeared almost amused by the answer and gave a throaty chuckle, which actually seemed to irritate Snape as he scowled up at the teacher. Not quite, my boy, not quite. No, fear, he explained. Fear can be healthy when it's used properly, but fear can also be debilitating if not focused. He turned around and gestured to the black trunk on the floor. He kicked it once, and the large chest began to shake from within. Some students gasped, others looked intrigued. Maya looked captivated with excitement. Who can tell me what a bogart is? Professor Pruitt asked. Four hands jumped in the air. Snape, Maya, Lily, and Remus. Yes, Mr. Lupin. Remus puffed out his chest, suddenly in his element. It's a shapeshifter that bases its form on the fear of others. Professor Pruitt grinned. Ten points to Gryffindor. I've always wanted to see one of these, Remus quietly admitted to Maya, who beamed up at him proudly. Boggarts are generally found in dark places. Spaces. Places. Same thing. Old dresses and wardrobes, inside cupboards or beneath the stairs. This little bugger... The professor said with a chuckle, kicking the trunk again, was found by my nephews while they were cleaning out the attic of a friend's house. I offered to take it off their hands. Now, when I let this creature out of its cage, what will we see? Lily's hand flew up quickly. Miss Evans. We don't know, sir. If it takes the form of fear, then it'll look differently to all of us. You are almost entirely correct. 
The book deals with individuals, so it will focus on one of you at a time. If you're in a group, such as you are now, Professor Pruitt said, gesturing to the class as a whole, then it'll confuse the bogart and give you a better chance of defeating it. But if it keeps its focus easily, then it will conform to your worst fears, and everyone will be able to see them, not just you. Several students paled, Maya included. Something deep down told her that she would not see Professor McGonagall this time, telling her that she had failed all of her exams. The charm that repels the bogart is simple, yet it requires a force of mind. You see, the thing that really finishes a bogart is laughter. What you need to do is force it to assume a shape that you find amusing. We will practice the charm without wands first. After me, please. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's the class talking, as if you guys couldn't tell. Miss MacDonald, will you come and help me in teaching the class how to focus the charm? He smiled down at Mary, who was slowly moved towards the front of the class, staring down at the closed trunk. Now, what are you afraid of? Rats, Mary mumbled quietly. Why is that funny? Because she ends up being with Pettigrew and he was a rat. Right about the Peter Pettigrew part, wrong about the romantic interaction. Okay. And who is yeah. Mary? Mary MacDonald, the one that wore the bikini to the river. She's one of the Gryffindors who's Maya's age, along with Lily... Alice and Bugger. No, maybe it is just four of them. I don't remember. Anyway. Then why is it? Then why is what what? Because you said that I was right about the pedigree thing, but wrong about the romantic interaction. So, like, she's just scared of rats because of, like... No, she, she's scared of rats in general. Pettigrew's going to eventually become a rat. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. Oh, okay. So you can't explain it to me now. Okay. You'll understand in about 30 seconds, friend. Sirius, James, and Remus all shared a look. Peter looked down at the floor, utterly devastated. Maya caught the expressions and quirked an eyebrow, figuring that the boys had at least begun their animagus training. Quick break. When you do animagus training, one of the first things you do is you do a lot of meditation. And while you're doing the meditation, that's when you figure out what animal it is that you are. Um, There's also a part where you have to keep a leaf under your tongue for a month. um, And then you also have to practice the actual transformation itself. So they have already started their meditation, which means each of them know what they're going to become, even if they haven't become it yet. That's a lot. How do you keep a leaf under your tongue for a month? Especially when you're in school, right? Yeah, it's like, how do you not swallow it? How do you eat? Like, wow. And is this leaf sanitary? Like, leaves fall on the ground? One would assume you cleaned the leaf, but... Anyway. Alright, now. When I let this bogart out and it turns into your fear, I want you to aim your wand, envision something funny in your mind, see it very clearly, focus, and say, Ridiculous! Alright? Slowly the class moved away from Mary, but none faster than Maya, Remus, and Sirius, who stood with their backs pressed tightly against the rear wall of the classroom. 
Professor Pruitt flipped his wand and the latch keeping the boggart in the trunk opened. The lid kicked backwards with a bang. A very large rat with small watery eyes and long yellow front teeth crept out. It was the size of a dog. It turned and sniffed towards Mary, who looked petrified. Ridiculous, she finally shouted, watching as a large mouse trap appeared beneath the rat and sprung forward. Peter gave a loud yelp and turned to vomit in a nearby dustbin. <laughs> Fucker. Uh, <laughs> Maya grinned vindictively at the sight, but turned her attention back to the rat, which had turned into a rubber toy rat that squeaked as the metal trap continuously squeezed it. Well done, Professor Pruitt said with a grin, and Mary smiled. Everyone, form a line. They all did, save for the three frightened Gryffindors at the back of the room. The professor gestured to Alice. Miss Brown. There was a loud crack, and where the rubber rat had once sat, now stood a large cockroach towering over the young Alice. Ridiculous! The cockroach slipped on a banana peel that had appeared at its feet and fell backwards onto its back, unable to right itself. Mr. Pettigrew! Peter slowly stepped forward, nervously holding his wand in hand. With a crack, the upturned cockroach turned into a large cat that paced back and forth across the room, stalking with its yellow eyes turned on Peter, licking its jaws. Ridiculous! The cat shrunk down into the size of a pygmy puff with a large red bow wrapped around its neck. It let out the smallest meow before the weight of the bow was too much and the little kitten toppled forward, smacking its small face into the floor. Hey, I have a question. Mm -hmm. So... The Bogart is supposed to turn into what you're afraid of. Well, yes. what about if you're like me and you have several fears? Does it just pick the one or sense the one the that's the will most? Pick whichever one, the, the Bogart will pick whichever one it thinks you're going to react to. So they didn't show this in the movies, but in the books, um, Molly Weasley found a Bogart in Grimmauld Place. And Harry found her trying to deal with it. And if you say ridiculous, but you're imagination of something funny isn't strong enough it'll just change and so harry walks in and i think he sees a dead arthur weasley on the ground and molly says ridiculous while she's crying and it turns into bill charlie fred george percy ron Ginny, and it cycles through the entire family so like clearly she didn't have one main fear like i am afraid that arthur is going to die she was afraid of her entire family dying and not all at once just individually so as she tried to beat it the boggart kept trying to beat her by bringing up even more painful things so okay you're afraid of komodo dragons komodo dragons and death and lyme disease you may see a tick first freaks you out you say ridiculous it turns into a komodo dragon that is also terrifying you say ridiculous again and snap it turns into the grim reaper or a grave with your name on it and underneath it says accomplished nothing so like the boggart can change to try and make you afraid but um it's funny because i don't actually know what mine would be because like my fear is more hypothetical i fear having well well no because i my biggest fear is that I'm going to have a child and then lose them. Like, losing my child is my biggest fear. I'm not even pregnant yet, so I don't have a child to lose. So what would the Bogart do? Well. Actually, no, I already figured that out. It would be a tiny, tiny little gravestone that says Baby Fierro, and that would wreck me. Um, 
fuck you, Bogart, you would win. Also, like, what about the people whose big fear is, like, delving? No. Even if it's, like, delving into madness, I think you would just see yourself, but insane. So, like, existential dread, maybe. Being alone. I don't know how you would show that with a Bogart, but. Yeah. And And this has been Depressing Topics with Claire. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, like, I have so many fears that this thing would just be, like, I give up, like, go away, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, the Bogart would be like, there's a little too many options here. I don't have this kind of time. Can we come back when you, like, narrow this down to, like, top three? Thanks. Yeah, cool. Okay, thanks. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I would just be like, well, guess you wait, because, like, the second it turns into the Komodo dragon, I'd be, like, running the other way. I'd be like, nope, oh, God. peace out. They freak I saw old footage of Steve Irwin running up a tree trying to get away from one, and it's fucking wild. And they, like, kind of climb trees. And, oh, by the way, I think their spits, like, poisonous, so, like, fuck Komodo dragons. But anyway. Yeah, um, I started being afraid of them because I used to watch those, um, what were those things that Morgan Freeman used to narrate the pla- Yeah, the planet Earth thing. Oh, yeah. So there was one episode where they <sighs> talked about Komodo dragons and they scared the crap out of me. And I watched it at night and when I got up to pee because I'm all tired, I literally thought that there was one in my bathtub. And I was like, oh my god, Komodo dragon in the bathtub. Um, creative friends, can we please have a bumper sticker decal of a komodo dragon in a bathtub and just like written on the side of the bathtub is worst nightmare Oh my because that needs to exist well now that t public sent us that email i think that's possible now. we pause this production to give you a very brief commercial that's not actually a paid ad but Keep your eyes peeled, friends. We just got offered a partnership with TeePublic, which is huge. And part of that is because we have such a devoted fan base, which they saw. And a part of that is that we get a dedicated URL. And if you use that URL to buy our stuff, we get an additional percentage for um, our commission, which is a really big deal because right now we only make about 2 to $3 per shirt, which is still better than nothing. But And you're also uh, supporting independent artists who are, you know, obviously affected by this whole COVID thing. So, like, if you're wanting to support small businesses and us, we highly, highly recommend that you buy from TeePublic. We will be posting that new URL soon, and you will have access to it, and it'll be great. And also, they will hook us up with graphic designers who can design us more stickers! Because the wonderful, wonderful Blue Ivy did have to take a step back, so we are kind of without a graphic designer at the moment but thanks to t public's wonderful generosity we are going to be able to hopefully hook up with somebody and get you guys more merch soon ad over and i've also been super bored and haven't told you but i've actually like been looking into like graphic design stuff online and i'm like this stuff is hard like i don't want to do this (laughs) no Mm mm-mm i was like i I I can learn something while i'm sitting here doing nothing but no i can't (laughs) No, no. Graphic design is super hard. We respect everyone who does it because it's – anyway, dead of time. And by the way, buying in bulk like enamel pins is a little bit pricey too. I was actually a little bit surprised. Uh, Yeah. We can talk more about merchandising later because it is an adventure. But that is also why we use Tee Public so that we can offer you guys things like pins and magnets and – 
fucking tapestries and t-shirts in numerous designs, t-shirts, tanks, baseball tees, sweatshirts, hoodies, and we get more options. We support small or uh, independent artists. You support us. You wear our gear. Get our name out there. It's awesome. Also, we'd like to say a big thank you to all of our new fans that just came here from Fangasm. What? I just got the most brilliant idea ever, but it's not even going to be possible because I don't even think they sell that on there. Hannah Beth, cut this. What? <laughs> oh, God. If you say a fucking fire whiskey and honey dildo, I'm going to beat you with a dildo. You were going to say a fire whiskey and honey dildo. I'm going to beat you with a fire whiskey and honey dildo. I'm going to get a dildo, write fire whiskey and honey on the side of it with a Sharpie, and then beat you in the head with it. Well, some people who listen to this when it gets to the parts might not have anybody or they might be lonely, so... Then they can use Amazon like everyone else. (laughs) We are not. No. No, I love you guys. I love merchandise. We are not producing dildos. Hey, it worked for Grace and Frankie. Shut the fuck up. I don't know. No, they didn't. My mom watches that (laughs) show. I don't know. It seems a very your mom show. but And not just your mom in general, just like our generation's moms in general. Well, actually, a lot of people our age do actually watch it. I just don't because me and Jane Fonda got some issues. Yeah. Anyway. Miss Evans, you're up. Come on down. The price is right. (laughs) Yeah. How much is (laughs) Butterbeer? Actually, last thing. I keep accidentally calling. So I keep going to call Max either Bubba or Buddy. And it keeps coming out Butta. So my dog's nickname is now Butta. Like Butter. But. Without the R. I can't butter. believe it's not butter. Straight up. I sound ridiculous every time I say it. Because I'm like, damn it, that's not what I wanted to say. I wanted to say Buddy or Bubba. But he is now Butta. Also, I full named him today when I picked him up from Doggy Daycare. Contactless delivery. Uh, <laughs> he wouldn't get in the car. And I was like, Max, get up. Max, up. Max, in. Max, get in the car. Maxwell Ivan. And he immediately jumped in. <laughs> Why is he at doggy daycare if you're at home all the time? Because he needed the full bath with the ear cleaning and the nail trimming and the... And he likes his people there and he missed them. Oh my god, Hannah Beth, you're gonna have to cut all this. (gasps) Oh, so I saw this video today. If you ever... If you ever have to clip his nails yourself, which I don't know if you would ever do, but like apparently some dogs don't like it or they get distracted. So this girl put peanut butter on her forehead on plastic wrap and her dog's just licking her forehead and she's clipping his nails and he's just like, and she's just like, and I'm just like, that is genius. I thought you were going to talk about the one where people cut, like, four little holes in bags and hang their dogs from, like, the top of a door so that their dogs are just hanging down and they can't really move. Oh, my God. That's so much better. Yeah, I saw it on TV today and her, like, before she, like, when she was doing it, before you realized what she was doing, her husband or boyfriend or whoever, he's like, 
you look ridiculous. And she's like, I'm about to look like a freaking genius. And then it cuts to the daughter. <laughs> I'm just like, that is great. That is amazing. That's beautiful. I'm actually really People glad. People all over the world are going to be putting peanut butter and plastic wrap on their heads so their <laughs> dog can lick it while they clip their nails. That's so much better than the bag trick. Yeah, because that looks horrible. Anyway, dead of time. We got to hurry. I only got like 9% battery left. Hold on. I turn my phone on airplane mode. Whoops. Miss Evans, you're up. Lily stepped forward just as the tiny kitten shifted and grew tall and large, taking the shape of a man with a white painted face, curly red hair, and big floppy shoes. James gaped. What the hell is that? A clown, Maya answered quietly, and everyone stared at her. It's a muggle thing, she shrugged and then added. I read about it. Ridiculous, Lily shouted, and the clown looked down at his chest, and they all heard a ticking sound. He pulled open his large vest to reveal a clock strapped to sticks of dynamite stuck to his shirt. Suddenly, the clown exploded right in front of everyone, raining down confetti upon them all. Professor Pruitt looked impressed. Lily looked proud. James looked besotted. All right, Mr. Potter, you're up. Poor Jamie, Maya whispered to Remus with a frown. He won't admit it, but he's afraid of snakes. The Slytherins are going to have a fit. She sighed as she watched her brother approach the pile of confetti on the floor as it shifted in front of him. Though, instead of a large snake she had expected to see, all she saw was a set of double doors. Her mouth fell open as she looked up at those familiar white oak doors. Is that my? She began with panic in her voice, and almost immediately she felt two hands on her shoulders holding her steady. One belonged to Remus, the other to Sirius. You're making a face. Yeah. What? Because there were white oak doors, man! She turned back, and the looks on their faces said they knew what was about to happen. Maya looked on as James stared at the silent white doors, and suddenly a sharp scream echoed from behind them. Maya's scream. James stood frozen. Go ahead, James, Professor Pruitt encouraged, as the door continued to hold back the screams behind it. Ridiculous, James finally shouted, and the scream behind the door turned to laughter. Instead of looking proud or even smug, he spun away from the bogart with his head low and his brow furrowed in anger. Without another word, he turned and walked out of the room, not giving a passing glance to anyone as he left. That might do for now, Professor Pruitt said as he aimed his wand at the bogart, shouting a charm to contain the creature, sticking it back inside the trunk. Read chapter one in your books and be prepared next class to dive into basic de- into basic defensive spells. Dismissed. Everyone turned to leave, none more eager than Maya and the marauders, who were determined to go after James. But, unfortunately, the professor called out, Not you three. Mrs. Black and Lupin and Miss Potter, will you linger for a moment? They each gave a heavy sigh. 
Maya turned once the rest of the students had left, and the door shut them in the quiet classroom. Sir, I think I should go after my brother. Can I assume that the voice Mr. Potter heard beyond that door was yours? Yes, Remus and Sirius answered together, both looking stricken. Maya stared at them with wide eyes, embarrassed. I have nightmares sometimes. Are these nightmares shared? Professor Pruitt asked, his focus shifting between the three of them. Some fears are much worse than others, Miss Potter. I hadn't thought that a group of thirteen-year-olds would have had much more to fear than a few bugs, a ghoul or two, perhaps a banshee if we were lucky. I made a mistake in my assumption, and for that, I apologize. He touched his hand to his heart in a gesture of true remorse. I will say the same to young Mr. Potter the next time I see him. Maya inclined her head. Thank you, sir. That being said, I refused to allow my students to let their fears overtake them. It was the purpose of this lesson, after all. He stood and moved to the trunk. An important talent in learning to fight the dark arts is observing your surroundings. Do you know what I observe today? He asked them, and they all shook their heads. When I spoke of my intentions to release the bargard, where everyone would see it, I observed a large group of curious but nervous students, and three students, he pointed to each of them individually, as he sat down on the shaking trunk, three Gryffindors at that, who were hiding in the back of the room, looking terrified. Maya refused to break eye contact with the man. Gryffindors aren't known to pack down from their fears. Being sorted with the bold into the house of the great Godric does allow for some weaknesses. Uh, Professor Pruitt smiled softly. Those include pride. I imagine each of you is not afraid to face the bogart, but rather more worried of what others would see. Or bleh, 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 bleh. Those, in, uh, those include pride. I imagine each of you is not afraid to face the bogart, but more worried that others would see your fears for themselves. May I make a suggestion? I suggest that you face all of your fears, both the ones you believe that the bargot will take the form of, as well as your fear of others seeing your personal phobia. Miss Potter, do you trust these boys? Are they your friends? They're my best friends, she whispered quietly. And do you trust them? With everything, except the truth. That's in italics. She didn't actually say that out loud. Professor Pruitt turned to the boys and the two of you. Remus dipped his chin solemnly. I trust them. I don't want them to see, Sirius blurted out, a look of frustration and anger on his face. Intuitively, Maya reached out and took his hand, and Sirius's anger melted into what looked like shame and guilt. He laced his fingers with hers and silently nodded. Fine, but I don't go first. Remus sighed. I'll do it. They already know anyway, he muttered bitterly and stepped forward, gripping his wand. Professor Pruitt stood up, now reaching for his own wand and aiming it at the shaking trunk. Now, Mr. Lupin, I want you to take your time with this. Don't just shout the charm quickly to get the boggart to go away. If I'm right, if I'm right, you'll each need time to focus on the image, perhaps examine your fears closer in order to conquer them, instead of hiding them away. Remus gave a curt nod. Professor Pruitt flicked his wand, and the trunk flew open with a bang. Nothing happened at first, which shocked Maya. She had fully expected to see the image of the moon appear in the center of the room. She had seen Remus's bog art before, in this very classroom, during a lesson that he had been teaching. 
Of course, now, Maya knew where Professor Lupin had got the idea of bringing a Bogart into the class in the first place. A low growl could be heard, and Maya's eyes widened as a massive wolf slowly crept from the trunk. Remus looked at the professor in panic, but the man only offered an understanding smile. Professor Dumbledore explained your situation, and you're safe here. No one's going to find out anything that you don't want them to. The wolf's enormous paws hit the floor, and Maya gaped at the sight. She had seen it before, of course, though it had been at night, with only the moon giving light to the scene. It had also been a blur of motion when she had first seen the older Remus transform into the beast that now stood before them all. Almost as though history were repeating itself, at least her history, Maya could feel Sirius move closer to her. She turned slightly to see a protective look on his face and could not help but smiled inwardly at the familiar gesture before her attention was brought back to the large werewolf that now stood face to face with Remus. The wolf growled viciously. Its golden eyes glared at Remus, who was shaking. Maya observed silently, examining the eyes of the large wolf and the color of its fur, completely unaware that its muzzle was drenched in blood. The crimson liquid dripped from its mouth, creating a pool on the floor at Remus's feet. "'It's all right, son,' Professor Pruitt said, holding his wand tightly in his hand, just in case. "'I'm here. Take your time.' "'It's beautiful,' Maya whispered softly to herself, as she noticed the way the light hit the wolf's fur. A lovely color of sandy blonde, just like Remus's hair. "'Are you out of your mind?' Remus turned on her, his own eyes flashing gold reflecting the wolf standing behind him. He glared at her, as if she were stupid, and the look took the breath right out of her. "'Do you know what this is?' "'Yes!' Maya yelled back at him. "'Do you know whose blood that is, then?' Remus growled at her, the sound almost identical to the snarling beast behind him. "'Go on, Maya! Take a fucking guess!' Sirius reacted quickly by standing in front of her, but she pushed him away from her, never taking her focus off of Remus, his stare full of rage." As if to make his point further, the Bogart wolf dropped something from its jaws into the pool of blood on the floor. Everyone turned to look, and Maya gasped as she saw the glimmer of a goblin-made gold bracelet engraved with the words of House Potter. Who has that bracelet? <sighs> she does. Yep. It's her arm. Gross. I'm done. Remus shook his head, furious, and aimed his wand. Ridiculous! The Bogart wolf shrunk down, much like Peter's Bogart cat had, into the small frame of a tiny wolf pup, the sight of which made Maya want to sob as she recalled that Remus had been bitten and turned when he was only four years old. Remus glared at everyone before stalking towards the door. Oh no, you don't, Maya said firmly as she stood in his way. Move! Remus growled down at her. I am not afraid of you, she said, reaching up to touch his cheeks with her hands. He tried to pull away from her at first, but she held on. No, you would never hurt me, and I am not afraid of you. You should be, Remus whispered, and the expression of anger having fled his face as he looked down at her with grief, as though he had already killed her, or worse, infected her. Sirius's annoyed voice broke the tension. If you're done with your pity party, Remus, I'd like to get my own over and forget this day ever happened, he said bitterly, as he approached the front of the room and glared at the professor, angry for being put in this situation. Just do it. 
Remus and Maya turned just in time to see the small wolf pup grow upward, changing into human form. Maya raised a brow as she saw Sirius standing there, face to face with himself. She stepped closer, followed by Remus, who had gripped her uh, who had gripped her wand in the process, and the two of them lingered behind the real Sirius, staring into the visage of his bogart. Merlin, Sirius shook his head. Walburga would love this. Maya immediately noticed the differences in the bogart. Sirius's doppelganger wore green and black robes, the Slytherin crest embroidered on the lapel. His hair, while still long and black, was neatly kept and tied back with a leather thong, much like the one Regulus wore. He also had a sneer on his face that immediately reminded Maya of a young Draco Malfoy. Then, the bogart of Sirius's raised his wand with a vicious smirk. As the robes came up over his arm, Maya saw the outline of something dark and black against his skin. She gasped, realizing immediately what it was, but she had no time to say or do anything as the bogart silently mouthed, Avada. Ridiculous! Professor Pruitt shouted, and the bogart exploded into a thousand wisps of smoke. Sirius stood there, staring ahead with wide, terrified eyes. What? <laughs> the thing I just heard Jimmy in the background. Uh, yeah. He's, like, wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably got a helicopter. He's very excited. Um. Sirius stood there, staring ahead with wide, terrified eyes. I'm sorry, son. Professor Pruitt shook his head. Bogarts do not have the ability to cast spells, but... Habit, I suppose. Defending against curses. Maya rushed forward and flung her arms tightly around Sirius, who, unlike Remus, immediately held her against him, burying his nose in her hair. You boys did good work today. I'd like to work with you individually on a few things. I think it's important. As for you, Miss Potter... I'll be on the lookout for a new bogart so you can finish the lesson. In the meantime, I hope you're able to talk about those nightmares to someone. It's not good to let fear fester. Thank you, Professor, Maya said, though she certainly did not mean the words. As soon as the three of them left the classroom, Sirius muttered, Maya, what was your bogart going to be? She didn't want to tell them, but they had both opened up, letting her see the weakest parts of themselves their deepest fears, fears she knew were unnecessary. Remus was not a monster, and Sirius was not a Death Eater, but she could not help but frown, knowing their eventual fates. Remus would, in fact, be labeled a monster, cut off from society, and forced into poverty because of his affliction. Sirius would eventually be labeled a Death Eater, framed for the murder and betrayal of his friends. Their deepest fears would haunt them for years to come. My bogger would have been the two of you, she said, telling me how much you hate me. Sirius and Remus had equal looks of confusion on their faces, and she could tell that they thought her fear was stupid. That's, Sirius began, impossible, Remus finished, taking her face in his hands just as she had done to him earlier. Maya, you're my best friend. I could never hate you. I actually can't think of a single thing you could do to ever make me hate you. He's right. Why the hell would you be afraid of something so stupid? Sirius asked, and Remus let out a sigh of frustration. Maya didn't even flinch at them. Because you're that important to me. 
because I'm terrified to think that in 20 years, you'll both be gone. Everything will have changed and you'll just hate me. She shook her head and growled. Look, it's fine. It's stupid. I get it. Sirius offered her a small grin. At least you realize that, kitten. Of course, she couldn't tell she wouldn't tell them the whole truth. Her bogart would have been the two of them, standing in front of her. But instead of the thirteen year old boys who now walked beside her, they would appear as near forty year old men, and their feet uh, and at their feet would be the body of a twenty one year old James Potter, eyes blankly open, whom Maya had failed to save. That's intense. It's a heavy chapter. It's a real heavy chapter. I forgot how heavy that chapter was. Yeah, and I've been having a lot of trouble with, like, heavy stuff lately. Like, I don't know why. Like, and especially since I'm catching somebody up on Grey's Anatomy and we got to the one where Joe meets her mom and I'm just like, I can't watch this for a second time. I cannot watch this. (laughs) Sorry, boo. On your own. Uh. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think I could watch the next couple episodes until... (laughs) Sorry, friend. It's so hard to watch, like, even a second time. Kat, we only Uh. have two episodes left till the end of the season. And then what? I don't know. Well, then... Oh, we get to do another Q&A with Shia! Start taking notes. Huh, I gotta think of questions. The only thing I really have to say to her is, like, she did the thing to her hair that I always wish I had the guts to do because she looks so good. I don't know why I keep hitting my face, but, like, I don't know that I'd ever do it because every time I cut my hair, I'm like, damn, I wish my hair was long again. Every time I grow my hair out, I'm like, damn, I wish my hair was short again. And I feel like buzzing my hair is just too much of a commitment, but also, like, MVP, what a champ, boss babe, love it, so jealous, she can pull it off, ugh. Think of how much time you would save. And money. Yeah, I know, like, I always said that if I had the face, because I don't have the face for it, and the guts, I would, like, do a pixie cut, but I also wish I could do what she did, because Demi Moore in that one movie where she was like G.I. Jane. Yeah, and she like, shit, I'm like, yeah, I wish I could do that, but I can't. And by the way, it is very funny because she is in quarantine with her kids and Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis's new wife is not with them. <laughs> and I read the article and why. First thing, though, I thought you were talking about Shia. I'm like, Shia doesn't have any kids unless we're talking about her dog, but. No. Anyway. I read the article and the reason why is I guess Bruce had another kid with his current wife and this kid is fairly young and she tried to like stab her foot with like something at a park and hurt herself and he went up to see Demi and the kids first but then the wife and the kid were supposed to meet him but then this happened and they couldn't travel and I'm just like I don't know how I would feel about you being with your ex-wife. Especially but, when she looks like, you know, Demi Moore. Yeah, like the day you met her because she hasn't aged a day in her life because her no. and J-Lo made a deal with the devil because they look amazing. Add Jennifer Aniston to that list. Jennifer Aniston, oh, at yeah. least I understand. She never had kids. That is yeah. why she looks perfect at 50. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. But 
Yeah, no. J-Lo had twins. Her body should not look that good. Anyway. Oh, it shouldn't. Witchcraft. Yes. Not a witch. If you get that reference, let me know. Um, well, that's the end of our episode. So uh, I guess we should thank our patrons. Thank the people. Thank you. Thank you. So we do have uh, some new contributors. Oh, my God. I'm so fucking ready for this name. We have, well, I'm going to go with, we have our first, first up, we have a wolf. And her name is Kaylee Jennings. Thank you so much, Kaylee Jennings. We're super excited to have you on board. And we have a dog. And her name is Jill Hooberry. 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 Me berry. You live in Hooberry. Hooberry. Right? Oh, my God. Ugh. Jill, we love your name. Thank you for supporting us. We appreciate you guys. You're the I bestest. like all you guys' names. Like when I was obsessed with Claire Luciano, I was like, yeah, Luciano. I like saying Luciano. I'm a little butthurt because Claire didn't notice that the uh, kangaroo she sent me is featured in my Monday morning coffee mug photo, but it's fine. Also, just like you didn't notice that the photo of us with the Lorax is also in the background, but like, you know, it's fine. Everybody focuses but on my I was looking mug. at the gnome that I made you and the yes. fact that I only have one Harry Potter mug, which makes me really sad. That's why I buy a new one every time I go to the park. Anyway, um, to be fair, well. I did not last time, but I've got Death Eater, Ministry of Magic. Oh, I do only have... Ooh, I got the hiccups. I only have two from the Wizarding World and then I have the Muggle the Misses mug you got me. And then Jimmy got me a Marauder's mug that changes color. I, I need a Hufflepuff mug. That's what I need. Preach. Anyway, we have to thank our foxes because they are so foxing awesome. We would like to ch- change. We don't want to change you. We want to thank you. Thank you for giving us your change. And more than change because you're a fox level, which means you're a producer level, which means you're a boss. So we would like to thank Jackie, Rachel, Carissa, Aguila, Rebecca, Chelsea, Ryder, Ashley, 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 and Ashley, Murray, Thurman, and Ashley. <laughs> Ashley, and Ashley, Ashley, and Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley, and Ashley. It sounds like a law firm. Um, speaking of which, there's a law firm up here that says, have you ever argued with a woman? Question mark. And that's their entire billboard. It's literally three women, the name of their law firm, and have you ever argued with a woman? And I'm like, damn. Do you remember that one time when we were driving on that road trip that we went on when I met you when you lived in DC and we were in like I forget where we were in Florida and we kept seeing those billboards that were really funny about like are you getting divorced and it was like those funny pictures and it said funny crap and we didn't take pictures of it. You remember that? No? Just me? That's real vague friend. Also, we okay, have says the person that I said, crazy guy with the blue eyes, and you knew it was Mel Gibson. What is wrong with you? No, I, I seem to remember like a keyed car, I think was one of the billboards. But anyway, <laughs> thank you to the three Ashleys, Brittany, Elise, Hannah, Jillian, Amanda, Martina, Miranda, Samantha, Therese, Olivia, Sarah, Sophie, and Claire Luciano. Just because I wanted to say Luciano. 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 <laughs> She's like, well, you guys are so weird. 
Also, we're getting so many Nordic listeners. And when I say so many, I mean we got like one more. I think she's from Sweden and it got me really excited. But uh, we did get a whole slew of new people from the Fangasm site today and a couple other uh, Harry Potter places. We now have questions in the Facebook group. So if you're listening to the, us and you are not part of our Facebook group yet, please go to the Facebook group, add us, and please answer the questions just because you are acknowledging that you love us and that you will give us your firstborn child. I'm just kidding. Main thing is that you promise not to spoil this for Kat because Kat has somehow remained immune to spoilers just like she remained immune to spoilers of Avengers Endgame right up until Robert Downey Jr. outed himself. So, Keep the Facebook group spoiler-free, friends. Yes, there's also a list of things I still have not seen that if you all spoil it for me, I will be sad. You remember, like, that time you ruined Outlander for me? By the way, I'm still not cut up, so don't ruin it. But I'm getting closer. I thought you saw it because you were ahead of me and made fun of me for being in Droughtlander, so I am sorry for assuming that you were caught up. You know what assumed is, right? ass out of you and me preach it's the only reason i can know how to spell that word i swear well gwen stefani taught me how to spell bananas so what do you want that came out when we were in middle school cat i really hope that's not where you learned to spell banana well i still have to sing the song till be this day to spell banana I thought there's other songs that taught me how to spell things, and I can't remember what it is. The only spelling memory thing that's coming to mind is my mom. One of my spelling words once in, like, elementary school is spaghetti, which why spaghetti was a spelling word that I needed to learn in elementary school, I don't know. But my mom was like, yeah, it's spag-heady. And I was like, what? And she goes, spag-heady. And I was like, no. I have not misspelled spaghetti since. Did you see that... Um, he donated mom's spaghetti containers to, I was like, you are amazing. And also, instead of posting some tweet Instagram bullshit about, we're all in this together, Lady Gaga went out and got a bunch of corporations to agree to donate like millions of dollars to people. And I'm like, yes, that's how you get shit done. Use your fucking platform to make like real change and don't just be an Instafluencer. Yeah. Love you, Lady Suckers. Gaga. We love being monsters. You're a monster. You're a monster. Fire Whiskers, please do not forget that we are going to be doing a live show. And by a live show, I don't mean we're actually going to be streaming it live. But what we're going to do is we're going to record it. And we're going to record it with video so you get to see Kat when I read her. And it's going to be fantastic. And when are we doing this? Uh, that's going to be not next episode, but the episode after. Gasping. Why didn't tell me this? Well, I'm giving you two weeks notice. Um... Don't look homeless. As homeless. Okay. Moderate level of homelessness. Okay. Shower within the last 72 hours preferable. Okay. I've been really lazy. I worked out today for the first time in a week, so I'm like... It's okay. My husband's planning on selling all of my gym equipment for... I don't know what he wanted to buy, but he was like, we can make a lot of money selling this shit. And I was like, no, my gym. And he goes, you've used it once in the year and a half since I bought it. And I'm like, that's fair. (laughs) So. (sighs) And it wasn't once. It was like maybe three times in like one week spurts. (laughs) Why are you staring into my soul? (laughs) No. I was like staring off into space and space just happened to be my webcam light. (laughs) 
I feel like you're staring into my soul and you're trying to like read my thoughts or something. It's kind of creepy. Anyway, we can stop recording. Thanks, Hannah Beth. Oh, wait, cat. What? We will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday! Yeah, yo! Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, fwhpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.